Hello and welcome to The Warrior's Cry. This is a new episode. I'm your host, James Edwards. And uh, the last episode that I did was actually back in November with my buddy, Nate Dickerson. And uh, I just actually published that podcast as well, so hopefully you listen to both of these. Uh, They both have a lot of value, and uh, both of my guests, Nate and uh, Caesar, who is today's guest, are both really, really good guys and just want to promote them and and, uh, share in the joy of the bigger gospel, the simple gospel, um, with all my listeners out there. And uh, Caesar actually has an offer. And I'm going to let him actually go into that with you on the episode. Uh, But just stay tuned. We're going to go ahead and start this discussion and uh, look forward to hearing what you guys think. So I'd like to welcome this week's guest. Um, I've got Cesar Kalinowski on for round two. Um, the last time we talked, I think, was actually in 2000, late 2016, early 2017. It's been a while. We're completely new people. We're completely new people now. <laughs> Cellu- at a cellular level, like, apparently all of our cells have replaced. Like We're completely new people. So here we are in 2019. <laughs> Just dipping our so, toe into 2019. So. Amen. So yeah, um, so I've got Cesar Kalinowski on here. And just kind of uh, let you know how this all came together. I got a random email back in November from Caesar uh, reaching out to me to ask if he had broken the podcast. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and of course I responded that he didn't, but that I'm lazy. And so before we well, the begin reason the I thought interview, it was broken, <laughs> the reason I thought it was broken is because on your site, I could only see I was the last episode. And I was like, did I, did I say it all? Did I did something break? <laughs> like everything that needs to be said now has been yeah. said, but apparently you were still putting out episodes. You just weren't updating that particular part of your website or something. But Right. That's what it was. I've just, you know, and I, I, I repent to all my listeners out there right now and just basically say, <laughs> I'm sorry that I have not updated the, uh, the website with due diligence, like uh, I had planned on doing for a long time. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to go get ahead and get started. So um, if you remember last time we had Caesar Kalinowski on, uh, he had written the book Transformed, The New Way, A New Way of Being Christian and Small as Big, Slow as Fast. And he just released a new book back in 2017 called uh, The Bigger Gospel. So uh, I just want to welcome Caesar Kalinowski to the podcast again. And uh, just for those who may be new listeners, go ahead and introduce yourself again. Well, James, it's good to good to talk with you again, brother, and good to be back on. Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm an old guy who's been following Jesus a long time, and he continues to surprise me with his love and grace every day. And um, I've been privileged to um, pastor bunch of people over the years and plant a bunch of churches. And, and now I, I spend my time helping people start communities of faith, small that hopefully grow larger and uh, all community based. Some people would call communities. That's the term we generally most use. But, you know, how do you live your life of faith out in everyday life? And how does it uh, then encompass and welcome in others to, to get to know our beautiful God and Savior and walk with him with joy and grace? So that- that's what I do. I, I produce lots of content and teaching and training uh, resources and things. And, and, and 99.9% of it we give away. And every once in a while, we'll sell a book or something. <laughs> so, and, uh, and I spend a lot of time, too, on our podcast, on the Life School podcast. So I love, I love doing that. I love doing podcasts, period. And that's why we're back. Yay. 
So yeah, you have uh, the Life School podcast, which you started shortly after we um, had our interview, and I was pretty excited to listen to it, and then I kind of got behind and just never picked back up. So kind of tell us what wow. Life School podcast is all about. So uh, Life School podcast, we say it's it's sort of the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you, and it's it's we take topic, any theme, a lot of it's driven by our listeners and uh, my my co-host and I, Heath Hollinsby, we talk about, so so then how does the gospel act to that? Like, what would be the good news connected to that? Even if it's an issue that maybe many people are divided on, maybe it's not, we don't only, we don't just pick hot button issues, but we will, we don't shy away from too much of anything. And uh, and then we try to say, like, what would the, what, what would be the normal way to speak about this? I, I, I feel like um, over my life as a pastor, as a leader, um, it's very, very common that Christians don't really know how to talk about their faith in noise. We either stand polarized and sort of stand in the corner and chuck rocks at the other side, whoever we view to be the other side of the argument, or we don't talk about it. Or when our faith in the gospel does sort of try to leak out in a conversation, often in Christianese or cryptic weird ways that no one understands. And so um, the, the goal of life school is to say, hey, all of life is a beautiful opportunity for the gospel to leak out, for discipleship to happen. To help people move from unbelief to belief in light of the gospel. So that's what the podcast does. In about five or 30 minutes an episode, we talk about any given topic and we say, okay, so then, but what's the good news in there? There is good news. And how would we, how would we speak about this in normative ways um, that would be good news to others and or starting and then our, our families and friends and, and on outward. So yeah, that's what we try to do every week on the Life School Podcast. We ship a new episode every Monday and you can find it on our website every week. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there, I looked up the there. stats and realized that the last time we did have our conversation was it looks like September 20th of 2016. So Holy cow. it's been quite a while. It doesn't feel like that long. No. So busy, um, you know, a couple, couple of questions. Years. What was that? I'm sorry. It's been a busy couple of years. <laughs> it has been for you. I traveling to Finland and back. And uh, what were you in Finland for? Well, we have, I've been there multiple times since I talked to you. Uh, training. We did the Story of God training over there where we walked people through the whole entire narrative of Scripture um, uh, in dialogue. And uh, and then some other things, some beautiful communities uh, of grace and in, in living in community that have, you know, that have formed congregations over there. Just uh, blessed to be a part of uh, training they were doing and some sort of retreating. Very snowy and cold, but beautiful people. And so, yeah, always just helping learn how to make disciples be and be and make disciples of jesus that's cool man that's really really cool so um you know i sent you a few questions um and i'm going to get started on probably the biggest question of this uh episode and this is actually a question that a friend of mine asked last night and i thought that it was a really good question to ask you today so that question is what does um what does love keeps no record of wrongs mean to you? So you're pulling that from scripture. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Um, what comes to mind when I hear that question is um, good news right away. I go, wow, that, that would be great. Um, if, that if, if, if people who love me and the God of the universe who created me loves us, actually keeps no record of wrong. Is that a euphemism? Is it a metaphor? Or wouldn't it be amazing if when God, when I'm speaking with dad, when I'm speaking with God, that he's not looking at me as sort of the the sum of my failures that I've forgiven. You know, that stuff's forgiven. 
you know. So James, remember when you did that? I forgave that. Let me introduce you to my friends over here. This is James, who I had to forgive from a bunch of stuff. You know, he used to do this. He used to, this used to be his sin. And I, I, I forgave him for that. Um, but love, God, who is love, keeps no record of wrongs, which means God doesn't see you, James, doesn't see me, doesn't see anyone here in our voices today as the person who used to do anything. Um, it's that he sees our sins removed and and never to be. And what comes to mind is like, wow, what a powerful image God gave us and gave Israel of this back way back long ago with the sacrificial system and the tabernacle with this. And the high priest was to sacrifice a goat for the sins of the people. And then he was to confess all the sins of the people as a nation, as a community, not individually, but global sort of communal like sin. I, I don't think it was this crazy long list that it would be. It was probably it was probably summarized in the sense of pride and trying to create an identity apart from God and all that. Placed on the second goat, and that goat was led away never to be seen again. And it was often historically recorded that those goats were taken away and put Never to be seen again. Those sins, would they're not coming back. So now, on the Day of Atonement, you were at one again with God. And you can have a relationship where it's like, it'd be crazy to talk to your spouse or your best friend. And they actually had no remembrance of the times that you let them down, the times you didn't keep your word, the times you actually, for whatever reason, to sin against them or make yourself look better and make them look a little worse or whatever. Wouldn't it be amazing to have an, a, a relationship that was so that there was no record of those things that wasn't like oh yeah i forgave you for that but it kind of still i remembered a lot but god doesn't that's what i think of when i when i hear that verse like love keeps no record of wrongs and it's big and i want to live that way i want to i want to live without bias <laughs> in that sense Amen. yeah so yeah love keeps no record of wrongs like i've been considering this this uh this scripture since last night when i was talking to um my friend and he uh he said he was going to ponder on it for a few days and then he was going to get my thoughts on it in about two or three days so i'm looking forward to kind of like really spending time digging into it uh, because when you actually read first corinthians 13 there's a lot there right um, sure you know it's like love is patient love is kind love keeps no record of wrongs like what does that mean and i think as you know a christian community Today in the Christian community, you have a lot of churches that want to jump down the throats of people who may want to try to show love to a community that may be ostracized. Like an example of that, let's bring up Lauren Daigle. Um, you remember the whole thing with her, correct? Not by name, I don't. Okay. So Lauren Daigle, uh, if you don't know, is uh, she was a Christian musician, cr Christian music artist, and she went on Ellen to sing uh, one of her songs. And, uh, you know, whenever Ellen asked her about, you know, uh, homosexuality in the Bible, she's like, you know, I don't know. I'm going to leave that up to God. And of course, immediately all of the religious law abiding Christians out there jumped down her throat and began to condemn her because she basically said she was going to leave uh, a decision like that up to God and that she's just going to love people where they're at. And uh, if love keeps no record of wrongs, what does that look like? Does the question make sense there? Yeah. Yeah. But here, here's the thing. I think that, that much of my own upbringing in the church and perhaps, perhaps you can relate to this as well, James is um, 
is that we think that God is sitting up in his right hand in the throne. And what they're primarily doing is freaking out on our sin. In other words, they're keeping, they're keeping a list. Um, it's like the, it's like the Christmas song, you know, he's making a list and he's checking it twice, find out who's naughty or nice. And we think that's what God, like, we think that God is super consumed with our sins. And I, and I, and I, I teach people and I, and we disciple people to say that God is not focused on your sin because he's dealt with it at the cross. And when Jesus hung on the cross and said, it is finished, he meant it. He meant that those sins have been paid for. And if, if grace is real and if God accepted the payment of Christ's life given in place of our own, then there would be no more punishment. There would be no record. It's been taken care of. It is finished. Jesus is not coming back someday to deal with our sin. That has been dealt with at the cross. And, and I think we really do need to believe what he says about that. It is finished. And um, the other thing is, is that we, I think we, I, I think God has a scale and he ranks sin. So like it would have been okay for this Christian artist. It's not okay rather to be on Ellen and not sort of try to slam her for whatever people might say is her particular sin, but it'd be okay to be on another show and, and not try to somehow go after, you know, Jimmy Fallon's particular brand of sin or whatever. Like, oh, I read him. that would not be in line with God's word. You're like, okay, so why don't you go ahead and hammer him while you're on the show? Or, <laughs> or wow. why don't you believe God is, uh, is completely aware of that and has dealt with it and is now trying to draw all of us to his grace that we might accept the reality of that and put our faith and hope in Christ. And, and that then real to us. It's already real to God, but it's not real to us until we accept it. It's by faith that we're saved. And so, but somehow we, we, we forget that. We think God is completely focused on our sin, been a record of that. And so that's what keeps us dancing on eggshells and on the edge of a knife instead of in the arms of grace. It's, it's, just, it's not what you see in scripture, but it's often what we've made it, unfortunately. Right. And one of the things there you mentioned by faith, we are saved. And one of the things that has really changed and radically um, changed my perspective this last year is just whose faith is that verse referring to, you know, because for years I tried to faith it super hard and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. like believing so hard and like believing for a miracle or believing here or putting my faith in something. And, and I realized that in this last year, my perception of that has changed because it's not my faith, it's his faith. It's his faith that he's given us um, and, mm. and his faith in mankind um, because of the cross. And, uh, and, and that's what's radically changed my perception, that it's not me who has to, you know, do all of this so hard that my faith gets me to where I believe. It's, it's more the fact that his faith brought me to his kindness, which brought me to metanoia which is um, where we get the word repentance in the English translation of the Bible. And it's kind of interesting. I don't know if you've ever done a word study there, but uh, metanoia actually means simply to change your mind. And, um, you know, repentance has kind of a negative connotation to it because it has, you know, this, this kind of um, this uh, definition almost that you're paying for your own sin, that you're paying penance for your own sin. Yeah, people um, don't understand repentance. The, right. the word has been twisted into mean like feel bad and stop it. Right. Your best to stop it and feel bad when you don't stop it perfectly. That's what we think repentance means. And it's 
all what the word means. Exactly. Um, and, you know, one of the things that's actually changed for me this last year is, you know, and I, I mentioned to you before we started recording my uh, my battle with pornography and lust and my battle with political addiction and things like that for for years, for 20 plus years of my life. I struggled with that. And when I first realized who I was in Christ and began to uh, be radically transformed from what I was before to what I am now. Um, anytime I was even remotely tempted by the things that I had escaped from, that, that God had freed me from, I would just say the word metanoia out loud, and it would force my mind change right then, and then mm. I wouldn't struggle with that anymore. And I did it right. basically enough to where now it's not even a, a thought in my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, great. Well, that's a renewed mind. And it's interesting because Scripture talks about, like you said, whose faith is it? God, it's, uh, scripture says that God grants faith unto repentance, unto metanoia. So God grants faith. And Paul's prayer, and this 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 has changed looking at people and pray for people. Paul's prayer was that God would grant them faith unto repentance. And what's that mean? And, and we, we tend to take that like the global, the big repentance, the big, you know, like okay, who's Lord and my atonement issue. But, but what if God... What if God's about granting repentance in a million areas of our life? What if God granted you, James, faith unto repentance in the area of pornography and what that's all about and who he created you to be and who he's created women to be in his image? And what if he granted you a new mind area that has set you free? What if it, it wasn't connected to your atonement? That's already been dealt with, but he's still setting us free. See, the gospel didn't just happen. The gospel is happening, right? It's good news for today because we're being set free from the power of sin as God grants us faith unto repentance, unto a new mind. I believe what God says is true of himself and, and what he says is true of me. And now we get to live in light of that truth. And that's that's what it means to walk repentance. Like, are you living in light of what God has granted you the faith to see now as truth? And we talk in our communities that accountability that's an, another icky word, <laughs> but uh, sometimes. But accountability is not. Hey, did you did you do that? Did you do that? Did you stop doing that? Hey, how's that going? Did you stop that yet? No, but true accountability is: Are you living out of what you say you believe to be true now? What God has granted you the ability to see is true, connected to this, that, or the other. Are you now living in light of that? That's the kind of accountability that's good news because it's always pointing back to grace. You know you've been set free from that, and your identity as a son gives you authority and privilege in that area of your life. I, I just want to remind you of that, and how you're doing it, living in light of that. That's a good news kind of accountability versus like, oh, here comes James. He's going to ask about that again. Uh, <laughs> you know, right? And so I don't well, think we understand. That's, that's been things. my testimony this last year, really, is just like every single time I talk to somebody, like I used to be ashamed of who I was, and now I'm not ashamed of who I was. I know who I am. And, you know, when I give my testimony now, I'm like, look, I used to struggle with this stuff, but it's not there anymore. It's it's simply not there anymore. And, you know, the whole idea, you know, in Hebrews, uh, I can't remember the exact uh, address in Hebrews, but it says that uh, the writer of Hebrews said that Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. And so therefore sin has been defeated. Now, can we still sin? Absolutely. Can we still make stupid mistakes and hurt people and, and all this kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the true test uh, 
to how you see yourself is how you react to those chance those times that that sin uh, may peek its ugly head up uh, and how you react to that. And um, so when I try to reveal that gospel message to people that they are completely free, that they don't have to go down this path of uh, a six cycle carousel where they're 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 doing this stuff over and over and over again and looking in the mirror and hating themselves after they do it and um, and then fearing God because they're afraid that God's ready to just punch them in the nose. Um, I just basically tell them the message of metanoia, just simply to change your mind about who you are, your direction, which way you're walking, and stop doing it. Um, and and it you know accountability like you just brought up uh, is a good word because I think Holy Spirit holds us accountable provided that we actually believe who we are in Christ. Does that make sense? I think so. I mean, I believe absolutely that the Holy Spirit is our accountability, internal accountability structure now, that the person of God dwelling in us is there, according to Jesus, to remind us of all truth, to lead us in all ways of truth. And when I believe rightly what God, who God is, like, his character connected to any issue in our life and, and what he's done to prove that over and over and over in scripture and in my own life. And then how that speaks into my identity and how God now views me, that will change how I choose to live and how I get, to, I see what, how I get to live. I, I go over all that in bigger gospel because I think we have, we have, we have shrunk the gospel down to this small message about our afterlife. And the gospel is so much bigger and it speaks into everything all day. We like to say the gospel is the answer to every question. It's the good news answer to all of our issues, dilemmas, fears, phobias, shortcomings, sin. It's the good news to everything. And we've made the gospel so much smaller that it's, it's, a, it's about a Jesus in your heart prayer and wait for heaven and try to sin less in between. And God's keeping a list. It's not that. We need to have a much bigger gospel. And then we'll live in freedom and we'll help other people find freedom. And with but that absolutely. bigger gospel, the, the gospel needs to be simplified and made more simple because, you know, like we talked about before we started recording, you know, the gospel that's preached from the pews in most churches and a lot of churches, not necessarily most churches, but a lot of churches is tinged with law. And Paul uh, warned against that in Galatians. And um, he warned against the the uh, actions of mixing law and grace. And, and that's what a lot of churches do nowadays when they, you know, you go to church and uh, certain churches like i have a friend of mine that i post a picture of jesus on facebook and he all of a sudden he posts that's a second uh commandment violation or whatever and i'm like seriously Whoa. like Whoa. like that that's not christianity when you jump into the 10 commandments like that and andy stanley just got into some serious trouble by saying that christians aren't meant to follow the 10 commandments but if you rest in jesus all of this stuff is in you already <laughs> you know um so what are your thoughts about that? What specific thing? You said a few things there. Oh, I'm sorry. So Andy Stanley basically mentioned, you know, the Ten Commandments aren't for Christians. Um, oh, and, in response to that? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and kind of the law mixed with grace message that we hear in churches today. Well, I, I don't think it's just churches today, James. I think that the, unfortunately, and that's why Paul wrote about it way back. Um, I think that our our own hearts are little as it's been said little idol factories we we want to we kind of like the law in one sense because for those 
who want to earn their righteousness, we get to, we, we have the to-do list. We have the do equals be stuff. If I do this, then that I equal that. And then God owes me. I get when God owes me. I like to be in that part of the relationship. I like to be the bank. <laughs> you know, I want to right. hold the cards. And so, um, yeah, if you, if you believe scripture, we're, we're not, we're no longer under the law. And Jesus said he didn't come to get rid of the law, that those things were living and active. It would always be around, but that he came to fill full the law, to fulfill the law. But what was the purpose of the law? It was to show us how to live rightly, how to experience all of his blessing and grace. And Jesus came saying, I came to fulfill that. I came to fill full that. And so I, I'm sure that many of your listeners have, have pondered the Ten Commandments deep enough to see, like, if we could actually keep, if there was some miraculous commandment, in other words, to put God above all other things, worship Him alone. Now, actually keep the rest of the Ten Commandments, right? Now, what does that mean? Put God above all things and keep Him first. When I was a kid, they like not so helpful illustration of what it meant is working books on your desk. The Bible should be on top of all the other books. I can remember this visually as a kid. They had all these different books, kids' books, you know, school books, this, whatever. And they it's the right way to stack this. This is what it means to keep God first. You have to stack the Bible on top. See how that works? You know, it was like, and then they, <laughs> they shuffled the deck and the Bible was on the cat in the handbook or something. Like, that's not, see, that's not, that's not keeping God first. It was like, whoa, really? And, or like a picture of like a totem pole being a little taller than the church steeple or something. You know what I mean? It's like. I don't think there's any totem poles. The whole point was like, <laughs> do you keep God first? Like when it comes to your identity, like what secures your identity, the things you do, like what we were just talking about, like, are we the sum of our faults and failures or achievements? No, what you did and what you do does not equal who you are in Christ. And so if we could ask God first in our identity as our provision, as our hope, as our, you know, all of these things, then we would not violate the, and that's what Jesus was talking about. He came to fill full that. He came to clean us and, and remove the stain of sin that God might once again be one with us. We might be one with him so that we'd be filled with his spirit. Andrew Murray says the point of the cross was that we'd be filled with God's own spirit. And Jesus said, spirit comes, he'll lead you in all the ways of truth. Meaning he will be there to be your reminder, to be your advocate, to all those things, your counselor, to remind you of what's true. That No, you don't have to freak out at God's your provision. Keep him first, not your hard work, not your boss, not the economy, not the political climate. Keep God first in your finances, and then you won't sin by freaking out and, and trusting in yourself over and above God. And, and, I, and I, those are my thoughts on that. So I, I didn't hear what Andy Stanley said. I did defense of, of his comments, but I, I'm going to guess that that's what he meant, is that if you if you were under grace now, you're no longer under that law, which means God's not expecting us to uh, around our necks a plaque with the Ten Commandments and work really hard to keep those. That in Christ, they've all been kept. They've all been. So even if we fall short of those, it's all in light of what are you not believing to be true right now? We talked about this before, I'm sure. We teach that discipleship is the process of moving from unbelief to belief in absolutely every area of your life in light of the gospel. Yeah, I remember and So that. how do we learn those things? Yeah. So how do we then begin to do that? There again, that's all in the bigger gospel book. In fact, I'm, I want to give away the book. I, I, I mean, it's for sale. People can go buy it. They can go to missiopublishing.com and go buy it. But uh, at the end, we'll give, we'll give us a unique special Warrior's Cry address. For people who want that book, I, I'll send you a hard, co you know, a copy of it. It's not an ebook. It's the, the physical book. You just got to pick up the shipping on it, but I'll, I'll send it to you if you want. But it'll help you. It'll help folks 
begin to say, how do I, how do I unpack this? How do I unravel this in any area of life, in my own life, others, when I'm speaking with my spouse, with my kids, with maybe a guy at work who's got lots of questions, how would I kind of step-by-step begin to help him see what's true of God and what he's done that now speaks into what's true of, of you and how you get to live in light of that and how God sees you. That, that starts to change everything like your own testimony of the last couple of years. Right. Yeah, the verse that you brought up a minute ago is that, you know, you said that Jesus did not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. I, it's funny that you brought that up because I actually had a, um, you know, while I was having a conversation with Holy Spirit this past week and, um, you know, Holy Spirit just kind of pointed something out to me. He says that he will not do away with the law. Not one jot or tittle will will go, be removed from the law until the earth, until heaven passes away. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing there is, is the way that Jesus was actually talking uh, about this to the Pharisees who were his audience. And, you know, I, I, I believe that when Jesus was on the cross and the veil was torn and the... Um, and he 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 hollered out the words, "It is finished." That that was the moment in time that all of heaven and all of earth passed away, and a new creation was born in his resurrection. And there, the law was uh, uh, abolished, so to speak, because even Paul says that the law was a a tutor unto death, you know, and that grace um, is is what we're living under now. And uh, I'd kind of like to hear what your thoughts about that kind of idea is. Well, that's a big one. I <laughs> we have three or four podcasts to dig into yeah. that. Um, <laughs> I, well, like I said earlier, I do believe that Jesus says it is finished. That that it is that he's he has no work. He has no salvation work to come back and do. That he really meant it. It is done. I've never given. Uh, I'll be honest. I've never given a lot of thought to like. Did he in that moment when the veil was torn? And now, once again, mankind could be in the presence of God without fear, without condemnation, without destruction, um, without retribution, with all the things that happened at that moment. Um, I, I'd never given it a lot of thought. It's like, did he mean that heaven and earth had passed away? Um, so scriptures say that, you know, that heaven's here, right? That God's going to restore things and that he will walk again closely with humans. And it'll be on a restored earth. It'll be here. And so I, I never, I've never given much thought to the particular aspect of it, James. Um, but um, I think the effects of it are the same. I do believe what, what was accomplished there is so much bigger than we want to address. And I think, I don't know exactly why, but I think we hear it in the language of so much of, of what we hear in preaching and, and the quote on gospel. We hear, uh, we still hear old covenant. And my understanding of covenant and the way it works is that when a covenant is fulfilled, in other words, both ends have been met, then that covenant sort of, it's been fulfilled. In other words, you know, like, it's like um, I had a covenant to pay for my car with the bank uh, and, and we're with Honda. <laughs> and when that covenant has been fulfilled uh, on both sides, car, and we get a bunch of payments, when it's fulfilled, then it ceases to have any ramification at that point. Now, the good news is not only did that pass away, the old covenant, but the new covenant is in place now. It says, I keep both ends of that agreement. I'm keeping you in covenant with me. I, I'm holding up both ends. I, I 
you know, in the old covenant, I will be your God and you will be my people. We, we couldn't stay as people because we loved self more than God. We love self more than others. In the new covenant now, Jesus says, I have paid that price. I have kept both agreement. You are now my people. It is finished. All, all sin has been put away. You are mine. Will you believe that? Will you live in light of that, i.e. faith? Will you have faith that that's accomplished and now live in light of that truth? And I think as long as we still have a come and see mentality, come to the temple to do your business versus go and make, like until as long as we still live with our foot in the old covenant, we're not believing all that God's accomplished, which means, means we're not accepting his grace, that we still think there's a little something else to be earned or avoided or approved or something that in other words god does not us in christ he sees christ and he sees us with this list back to your question you know and i i just don't think love keeps any record of wrong he doesn't see us as the person who used to da 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 or still needs to da 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 he sees us in love he sees us in christ i i think that's literal and it's real oh yeah absolutely and the interesting thing is is and this has been something I've said before is that we are the church. It's not some building that you go to and it's not some group you go to, but we are the church and where we go, the kingdom goes with us. You know, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is indwelling. The king kingdom is in our belly. You know, the rivers of living water flow from us. And, um, right. Jesus know, said when he was being questioned by, by some of the Jewish leaders, like, well, where's this kingdom that you're talking about? You know? And he says, well, you can't think of the kingdom in those terms. It's not, you can't point to it and go, well, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within. Right. Right. And it goes everywhere you go. It goes everywhere I go. And if we being kingdom bearers walk into a room and begin to love and pour out grace upon people, it will win them to a change of heart and mind. And, um, you know, and yes. I, I believe that the gospel is fully and fully inclusive. I believe that um, that you know uh, in Adam all died in Christ all are made alive and um, I believe that Jesus was the last of the first Adam's line and he was the first born of the new covenant and um, you know essentially uh, the verse in Hebrews nine sixteen uh, says that for a covenant. Uh, where for where a covenant is, there must be the necessity of the death of the one who made it. And so Jesus died because he made the covenant and then he was resurrected in the same covenant that he made with man. Um, and that's just kind of uh, kind of an interesting. Pretty thought. heavy. It's pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 interesting because when you actually view um the 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 beautiful gospel the way it is and and a lot of the stuff we're talking about is pretty complicated stuff but when it really comes down to it the gospel is this that jesus is so madly in love with you that he doesn't care about what you've done in your life um he's 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 done it all he's fixed it all he came as you he didn't come for you he came as you um, he came as you, and you've been co-crucified with him on the cross. You've been co-buried uh, with him in the grave. You've been co-resurrected with Jesus uh, from the grave, and you have been co-ascended, and you now sit at the right hand of Father in Christ Jesus. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that don't know that. There's a lot of people that don't realize that. And Christians are notoriously bad for not revealing this. They say, well, hey, you know, if Jesus is going to love you, only if you change. Well, that's not true. 
because Jesus was madly in love with me when I struggled with pornography. But when I looked in the mirror, I realized that I hated myself. And if Mm -hmm. I hated myself, then I could never let God love me. But it wasn't until I changed my mind that I realized that Jesus was absolutely crazy about me. So now I need to go out and love people like he loves me. Yeah, t- uh, what's coming to mind is, and, and I'm going to butcher it because I'm just not thinking of the reference right now, but it's like that in the manner you judge, so you'll be judged. And I used to take that to mean like, oh, well, if I judge people, then God's going to judge me hard. Well, like, I already judged my sin at the cross. His judgment doesn't change. It's it's complete. Um, what changes is that when I don't believe that, so I'm still judging myself, I'm still living under the condemnation and self-hate and self-rule in a sense then I also believe everybody else sees me that way and God sees me that way. And so therefore I live under that judgment. And the way you judge, so you'll be judged. When I look critically upon people and I don't see they're given and, and God's love is immense for them right where they're at, then I also don't receive that level of love. I live under that level, the same level I judge others. And I, I really come to believe that's what's going on there. Otherwise God would change his judgment based on some level of something I did or didn't do. And that, that's not right. That's not, that's not, can't be, that can't be right. That's right. That's absolutely right. When I went to that pride festival back in uh, September, um, I was wearing one of my t-shirts. I have a t-shirt store now. That's something I didn't have the last time I talked with you, but, um, I was wearing one of my, uh, my ministry's t-shirts and it simply says, I ain't mad at you. And it's underscored with God. And I was wearing it intentionally because as people were walking by me, I was hoping that these people that were out there, you know, celebrating um, their homosexuality or whatever would see that and realize that I was telling them that God wasn't mad at them and that he was absolutely in love with them and that he was absolutely crazy about them. And, uh, and, and hopefully revealing that through my own actions might bring them to an understanding of who they are in Christ and they'll get to that place. And that's, that's kind of the battle that I went through for years. And then I finally, it finally clicked and I'm not there nobody's really there. We don't fully understand. You know, Jesus cried out from the cross. He said, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And, and I believe that that instant when he said that mm-hmm. he was, he was basically telling father, he was asking father, he's like, Hey father, forgive every single person because we don't really have any idea what we're doing all the way back to Adam and all the way to the last man who ever lives. We have no clue what we're doing and forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it, it does go back to the it does go back to the creation. It goes back to this where humans created to manage the knowledge of good and evil for themselves. Or oh. in fact would it kill them? You know? Yeah. God or were we designed to actually be spiritual beings that were given bodies to cart us around? Right? How were we created? And were we created to manage good and evil for ourselves, right and wrong? Or would it be that actually some people would call good evil good? Could it be possible that we could look at the same things and go, that is awesome, or that is horrible, that is evil? Well, that just turned on the news, right? And so, literally, we were not, you can look at the history of humanity, we were not created to manage the knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong for ourselves. We were created to be guided by God's own spirit. Well, once we were again, created we can for be. rest. We were created for, you know, joy and peace and love and patience and, and kindness. And to exist in a grace-based environment. Think about how we were created to live in a grace-based setting, you know, right. with with our creator God, walking with us in the cool of the day. That's what we were created 
not for a life of antagonism and self-rule. And if only I could figure this out and convince you of it. That's that's diametrically opposed to who we are and who we were created to be and the role of God and the role of the Spirit in our lives. And even as Christians, we buck that because I love me, man. I just love <laughs> me. It's all about me. Yeah. Well, I tell you, man, I've really enjoyed having this conversation with you. It's kind of been all over the place because, like I said, I've kind of gotten out of practice and I really, uh, really appreciate you uh, uh, emailing me. That meant a lot. I, I've got to tell you, that was uh, that was one of the highlights of my day when I got that, that, that you were writing to check on me because that has not happened yet. So I really appreciate that. Well, I'm glad we got to reconnect, man. And I'm, I'm so grateful you've made my day to hear how much bigger grace is now in your life and your acceptance of it and your realization and practical experience. And I can hear it in your voice and I, I'm excited. And, you know, and again, I, I want to give, I mean, for the little bit of help that it'll be for people and how God has blessed uh, the resources. I, I'd love to give the book, Bigger Gospel to anybody who's listening. Okay. So can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So here's the thing. If they'll go to one, two, three, life school.com. Okay. One, two, three, Dot com, those numbers, one, two, three, life's going forward slash warriors cry. That'll take them to a little thing and I'll give you the book. It'll look and then I'll, and then I'll give it to you for free. You just got to pick up the shipping and handling. Okay. So fair enough. Right. I can't, you know, I, I really can't send out deal. thousands. Of, it seems fair. I get people like hammer me online. You said free and I have to pay for the shipping. I'm like, well, okay, like then don't take it. I don't know. You know, <laughs> but for those who, those who this sounds like good news and they'd like to go a little further into it, see their expand understanding of grace and even how how to speak to others because it really is a book about our fluency in this gospel and how to speak good news to others um they can just go to one two three life school slash warriors cry and 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 they can pick up that bigger gospel book for free and if they don't want to they don't have to (laughs) okay well hey and you know those of you that are listening to this podcast you know what he's giving you the book for free but i would encourage you to just go to amazon or wherever bookstore you purchase your books from and buy buy his book bless this man he's a good man bless him and uh go out and support his ministry uh by purchasing his books um and and i'd recommend people want to talk more Often and, and stay in touch if they, if they want to listen to the Life School podcast. You can easily find that on iTunes or Stitcher or just Google up Life School podcast, and then uh, they can we like every day online with our the Facebook group. There, there's a group for the Life School, so um, we can we can continue the conversation and and you as well, brother. I'd love to see you on there and, and stay a little closer in touch. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, I'm going to go ahead and finish this recording. Uh, once again, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, Caesar and and I'm looking forward to seeing what else God does in your life in the the near future. Well, thank you, man. It's been great to catch up and talk about awesome topics and and the, <laughs> my favorite topic, the gospel of grace. Amen. Amen. So I had a lot of fun chatting with Caesar Kalinowski uh, today and uh, just wanted to encourage you guys uh, as you listen to that podcast. Uh, and I said it while I was talking with him, but if uh, if you want to support his ministry, um, just buy his book on Amazon.com, BarnesandNobles.com, wherever you can get your books, um, purchase his books uh, and, and support his ministry. He's a good guy. And I uh, love him dearly, um, and it meant a lot for him to reach out. I thought that was a great thing. Uh, and also, um, 
you know, one thing that I haven't really talked about on the podcast yet, and that's actually because of the fact that I haven't done many podcasts this last year, um, but um, I wanted to just really quickly talk about my book, The Song of You. You can actually purchase The Song of You at bit.ly forward slash The Song of You. That's bit.ly forward slash The Song of You. Um, you can get his book for free if you go to uh, lifeschool one two three dot com forward slash warriors cry i think is what he said um if that's incorrect i'll put that in the show notes uh or on the the soundcloud information there but uh you can go there just pay shipping you get his book for free but i'd encourage you to buy his book uh and also if you want to support this ministry the warriors cry like i said you can buy my book or you can go to my t-shirt store which is uh teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash the warriors cry Well, I'm glad you guys tuned in and listened, and I hope you guys have a great day and a great week and a great month, and the next time, we'll talk to you soon. Love you guys.